Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, how's it going? This is episode 72 of Beyond Synth, and I am Andy Last. I host the show. Uh, today on the show is Myrone, and we'll be talking to him in just a little bit, but we got a lot of music to play first, we got some bits to do, some business to take care of, and so on. Hope you guys are all having a lovely day. Did you know that Beyond Synth is brought to you by DownToJam.com, a free website site that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. If you're a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out this site and sign up downtojam.com. That's D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. Sign up, start a band, send me some cool music, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. I think I'm going to go to Down to Jam and see if they can give me some different copy here. I want to read something else. I feel like it's been the same for too long, but Down to Jam is a cool site, and you should check it out, and I think they even have a blog, and sometimes they repost episodes of this show, because it's a, uh, you know partnership of some kind. So this last week I got a bunch of music sent to me and it was some people who were, you know, old uh, listeners to the show who just started uh, making music for themselves or uh, other people like experimenting with vocal tracks and stuff. So I thought uh, there'd be a little bit of a theme here, uh, not for every song I play, but there's a bunch of vocal synthwave tracks that I'm going to be playing today from uh, artists who are just trying to dabble with that or who are starting to get into it. Man, so we're going to listen to some of that stuff and and some other things as well, you know. I like to listen to stuff, right? That's what we do here. Uh, and we got lots of time, so we are going to do all the segments today because it's been, I think it's almost been like a month since we've done like junk emails. I don't think anyone noticed. I think people don't miss... <laughs> A segment that sucks, but uh, we're going to do it anyways. I've got, I think, one listener who really likes the junk email uh, segment, and he always wants me to do an episode that is all junk email. And maybe we will. I mean, I don't see why I wouldn't do that. Anyway, let's listen to a song. So first up, this is by Euless, and this is a track called Remember Me. So check it out.
that was Euless with the track Remember Me. And that's a cool track. I think that's his first track. I know it's a guy who's been uh, listening to the show for a while, and it's always nice when people... Uh, Listen to the show, and then they come back and say, "Hey, you know, I've been inspired to make some music, and uh, and if it's cool, I, I play it." And that's pretty much the deal with that. And if you want your music uh, featured on the show, you can email me. You can do a bunch of things, actually. You can contact me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last on Twitter, and that's the official Beyond Synth uh, Twitter account. And uh, you can either direct message me there or send me a tweet, and you can say, hey, check out my stuff, man. And if I dig it, I'll play it on the show. You can also contact me at facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. That's the Beyond Synth podcast page. And like it while you're there, man, because those likes give me power. And... Uh, they make me feel good inside and you can send me a message to the beyond synth facebook page and also soundcloud.com slash beyond hyphen synth that's where all the episodes get posted and uh, you can also message me on soundcloud as well send me your links man i'll check out your stuff and if i like it I'll play it. I don't know one weird mood today. And if you're on SoundCloud while you're there, please uh, like and comment on the show. Likes make me feel good, I've learned. Even when I petition people to do them. So <laughs> even if you're on these things and you wouldn't normally do it, but you just hit like because I told you to, it still kind of makes me feel okay. You know when you like sit in front of somebody and you just get a new hairdo and you want them to acknowledge it and you so you keep uh, touching it with your hands until they go like, oh, did you do something with your hair and you're like yeah and they're like I guess it's alright and you're like thanks and you go home like feeling all confident like people noticed your hair when really you were just being uh, needy we should uh, go to the Patreon well we'll do that later uh, we're still doing our tweeted Meech campaign by the way you know a lot of people want to hear Mitch murder on the show and uh, I don't think he has any interest at all but uh, feel free to tweet at him <laughs> That's the Tweet at Meech campaign. Uh, just a Tweet at Mitch Murder. Say you should be on Beyond Synth. And maybe one of these days he'll actually do it. But the chances are he won't. And Power Glove, man. You know Power Glove. They did the soundtrack to Blood Dragon. Tweet at them, too. I don't have a catchy name for that one. This all goes under the banner of uh, listeners doing my work for me which is a very important banner. Let's listen to another song. This is a track by Ossilian, and Ossilian is cool, and this is another kind of vocal one. I dig this track. It's called Defense by Ossilian.
that was Ocillion with the track Defense. And uh, I dig that one. And you should too, because digging things is cool. So how about this? Let's uh, go to the Patreon. You know, uh, Beyond Synth has a Patreon, and that's where you can uh, donate to the show. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. It's a monthly donation program. And uh, all donors to the Patreon uh, get lovely special gifts. And the, the higher tiers you go, you get sort of different rewards. But the main reward is uh, support. Beyond Synth, and we've got some goals that uh, we want to meet to make this show bigger and better, and uh, your donations really help. In fact, at the moment, I'm currently planning to update my computer. I cannot afford a new computer, unfortunately, but uh, if these donations add up over a year... I can afford to update my hard drive, which I'm told if I switch to an SSD, it's going to make my computer feel like new. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And hopefully that also makes editing the show uh, quicker because uh, I do edit the show using my uh, my iMac and uh, it's a really good computer. But yet, you know, if I edit on a little laptop that has an SSD drive, the editing is quicker. And it accesses the data faster. So my point is that the Patreon helps the show and in turn will make the show even bigger and better and hopefully uh, make it easier to produce, which is also handy. So anyways, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Let's go to the Patreon. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, guys, as you know, if you go to the Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash beyondsynth, and there's a little video there that lets you know uh, all about the Beyond Synth Patreon. If you donate a dollar a month, you know, you get a new uh, patron shout-out on the show. Now, as you know, the past few weeks since I started the Patreon, I've been reading every patron uh, donor. But of course, the more donors we get, and I hope that we do, and that it helps the show become more successful, it means I'm not going to be able to read them all every day, and I'm going to have to start actually sticking to what I said on the website, which is, you know, if you donate $5 or higher, then those are the donations where you get, you know, like the, the weekly shout-out, but the lower donations I'm going to sort of randomly give the shout-outs to, mainly because the list is getting so big that this can't be like a 20-minute segment, all right? Like, it's going <laughs> to... This show is going to be really stupid if every every episode there's 20 minutes of me just reading people's names off. So, with that said, I'm just letting you guys know that. So, in case you're like, hey, man, where's my shout-out? It's because as the Patreon was building, um, you know, there were only a few people donating. And so I thought it'd be cool to just read their names out every week. Uh, and that is why I did that. Anyways, as always, I want to thank Project Friday and Lucas Ceballos and Kai and Brendan Kellum. And we got a new donor this week, Mitchell Carswell. Thank you, Mitchell. You're a cool guy. And you've uh, you've chosen to donate without any reward. It's so weird when people do that. Are my rewards that shitty? That... <laughs> 
It's just like, look, man, just keep your fucking reward, all right? <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Mitchell, new donor to Beyond Synth. And, of course, Lunar Baboon and Girls with Tails, Knox Bello, Terrence Thompson, Nathan Winter, Tomas, Zikarax, Eric Valerio, and new donor Python Blue. And Python Blue is another one of those people who has donated a unique amount because uh, you know there's sort of the different tiers of amounts you can donate and sometimes people choose to go like oh yeah you know you say hey you can donate a dollar or five dollars and then there's people who are like i want to donate two dollars and fifty cents that's that's what i want to donate all right i'm going to make my own stand here and uh thank you python blue for your donation and of course python blue makes cool music and if you want to uh, go back into the beyond synth archives there is an episode with python blue i can't remember what number it is but i believe it was season three and uh, check it out man we did an interview and played lots of cool music because he makes cool music so thanks dude and of course my lovely five dollar donors there's Joe and Lando, Florence Bullock, Joey Bergeron, Roman, Xerg's music. Okay, I've decided it's no longer Xerg's music, it's Xra's. So Xra's music, Sebastian, SW, Philip Huberger, Devious Raven, who uh, I couldn't figure out if it was a guy or a girl, and I asked, and uh, they said they default as female. So I'm going to... <laughs> Now refer to Devious Raven as a default female. And Bobby B. Thanks, Bobby B. And Will Low. Wait, is that new? New donor, Will Low. <laughs> And new donor, John Eternal. All right, so that's two new $5 donors. Thanks, dudes. So that's Will Lowe and John Eternal. You guys are both cool, and I hope you donate to the show eternally uh, because it will help the show, and, uh, you know, the more donations we get, the more I can have quality control come in so someone could maybe, like, listen to the edits before they air and go, maybe you shouldn't make that donate eternally joke because that's like a lame dad joke and, you know, no one's going to appreciate it. And, uh, you know, nobody did. So that's that. And my lovely $10 donors. These guys are the cream of the crop. We got Jake Last, no relation to me. And Trevor Resnick, no relation to me. But uh, these are both uh, cool characters. And uh, I appreciate them a lot. And you should, too. Appreciate each other is the point. And we got a new $10 donor, the Fear Merchant. That's right. I know this dude's been listening to the show for a long time. He's a cool dude. The Fear Merchant. He merchants in fear, but he also donates generously to Beyond Synth, and I appreciate that very much. Of course, the $10 donors do get a, an extra bonus. I have to make a video, a thank you video for them, and I will do that. Although Patreon tells me that I'm not supposed to be giving out prizes until people's money actually clears, because I guess there's dudes who, like, they donate and then they leave once they get their prize. So maybe that's a good incentive to not make the prizes that good. I'm just hoping people donate to the show because they actually like the show. Anyways, that was the Patreon. And also a quick reminder that all the jingles on Beyond Synth are done by Hoo-Ha. All right, Hoo-Ha is a cool guy. He's been on the show many times, and he makes some really fun, awesome jingles and also some cool music. So don't forget to check him out. All right, let's listen to another song. This 
is by Agent Murphy, and this is a track called Virtual Emotions, and this is Agent Murphy dabbling in the uh, in the vocal synth wave. So it's a cool track. Give it a listen. Virtual Emotions. That was Virtual Emotions by Agent Murphy. And that's a cool song. 
I dig it. Uh, I'm happy when people send me cool music to play because it makes my job a lot easier. Sometimes curating the music takes a long time. I think I'm going to put together a video just for people to see about like the making of Beyond Synth because it's it's a bit more work than it seems. I just want people to understand that. You know, the reason why I started a Patreon and stuff like this, it's because I don't throw this show together. Like every episode takes many, many, many hours to make, whether it's, you know, curating the interviews and actually just recording them and the editing process and then, uh, you know, coming up with a playlist for the show and, you know, getting the artist permissions and then the processing. Like, there's so much that goes into each episode and uh, it's, you know, it's really helpful to have, you know, people donating and stuff. It uh, really helps out. Did you know that Beyond Synth was on every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and there's a Saturday replay at 1 p.m. Eastern? Now, I attended the 8 p.m. Thursday show and you should too. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I know a lot of people listen to Beyond Synth on the SoundCloud, you know, at their leisure. But uh, if you tune in on Thursday nights, there's a chat going on Mixler.com because Mixler is sort of like a live radio broadcasting show and Power 85 is the radio station that plays 24 hours a day synthwave and then on uh, Thursday nights my show is broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you should pop by and uh, join the chat, man. There's a few people chatting in there. It's like a small little group. It's usually the same people every week, but uh, it's a fun time to um, listen to the show and then just have a chat with other like-minded people. And speaking of music, (laughs) let's, let's listen to another track, okay? So this is by Beat Ratio from the Stereosonic Electro Rockin' Mixtape 2016. And this is this is a track called Boombox Fever. Thank you. 
that was Boombox Fever by Beat Ratio. And that's a fun uh, song. Makes me happy to listen to. How about this, man? Let's read some junk emails. So this one is titled Attention Beneficiary, and it is in all caps. So it's like this dude is yelling at me, so I'm going to try and act it out as if I'm being yelled at. So, uh, there are two gentlemen who came to our bank this morning claiming that they are your representatives for the International Monetary Funds and the World Bank. Okay, this is stupid. World Bank Beneficiary Allowance Payment. (laughs) Although they have already submitted your account information where they confirmed you want your allowance payment of $3.5 million to be transferred, but we really want to inform you before we go ahead to make this transfer because this department was just set up for these purpose, and we will be concluding within seven working days. Therefore, we really want to finalize this transfer before the demise of the mandated seven working days. Please communicate with us faster today. Well, that was a nice brief one. I think I'm going to steal the wording here, how they say uh, this transfer before the demise of the mandated seven working days. I think that's how I'm going to refer to, like, the end of the week, you know, if I'm dealing with clients or whatever. And uh, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll have the work done by the demise of the week. Well, this one looks interesting because it's not from Africa. From the desk of Citibank Group, 399 Park Avenue, New York, the unclaimed funds slash funds reunited USA International Remittance Department. (laughs) I'm sure that exists. Attention beneficiary. This is to inform you that a compensation payment in the amount of 15500000 U.S. dollars was legally approved and deposited a few weeks ago with our bank, the Citibank Group, here in 399 Park Avenue, New York, New York. And it was deposited in your name by the Foreign Debts Settlement Compensation Committee of the Executive Directors of the World Bank Group in conjunction with the European Union Board of Directors. Meanwhile, the good news about your fund is now that your compensation payment file with some of the legal documents backing this fund has been forwarded to the U.S. Department of State and the United Nations for final approval. And we shall proceed with the transfer immediately we hear from you because we were mandated to transfer this fund to you as one of the beneficiary whose the name is listed in the World Bank Foreign Debts Settlement Compensa. <laughs> That's how it's written. However, please note that Citibank Group have decided and agreed together to send this payment to you by either bank wire transfer or through telephone banking system transfer services, depending the option you would prefer to receive this fund for security purpose. So you are therefore advised to quickly get back to the management of this bank and let us know the option you choose to have your fund credited into your account to enable us proceed with the claim process of your fund. We wait your immediate response with your information below to enable this bank proceeds immediately with the transfer of your fund as we were directed. (laughs) Okay, so this had to have been put through Google Translate because this whole thing's awesome. And of course, uh, even though they've been uh, tasked specifically with sending me this amount, 
They still require my full name, home address, age, occupation, phone number, country or state, and any of your identity card. Kindly get back to us by reconfirming your full information. Thank you. God bless America. (laughs) Ah, terrible. All right, let's listen to another song. This is by Slanger off the Paradiso album, and this is Let You Go featuring Late Night Cable.
And that was Slanger with the track Let You Go. And that's a fun one. Slanger's got a few uh, EPs out you should check out, man, if you dig that sort of thing. And by that sort of thing, I mean cool music. Because that's... Yep, that's it. (laughs) Anyways, guys, let's go to my chat with Myrone. Uh, You're going to enjoy it. He's an interesting dude, and he makes uh, fun music to listen to that uh, puts a smile on my face. All right, so here's my chat with Myrone. Alrighty, so I am here with Myrone himself. Myrone. Hey. How's it going? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. So, uh, just to address the issue, we did try and record this yesterday, and then I was in a location with very terrible internet. The internet gods were not with us. <laughs> you should have saw what happened after that, man. I had like one of the most frustrating experiences of my life dealing with the customer service and then a whole bunch of other... Uh, oh, yes. that's. I'm sure that was really fun so basically what was happening is my like the internet at my dad's place has been uh, cutting in and out and i was hoping because i'm gonna be there for a while i was hoping to record a bunch of interviews over the summer and it just kept cutting in and out and so i phoned the company and of course i'm on hold for like half an hour and then i finally get a guy and he's like running me through all these things and i'm just like you know my dad already did all that shit like move the modem to a different plug and all this other nonsense so i was like okay fine uh he, he said now let's unplug all the filters so you know if you have like internet through a landline you have to put like filters on the phone so they don't get internet signal cutting through them uh-huh. so i'm running around the house taking these filters off and then i accidentally unplugged the cable that was hooked to the phone that i was talking to the customer service guy oh, with nice so then all of a sudden it's like Okay, so I got to call back on hold again mm-hmm. for like half hour, and then I get a different person, and I'm like, okay, look, I was just talking to this other person. Uh, here's what he told me to do. We were right in the middle of unhooking filters, blah blah blah. So finally, it takes her like a few minutes to get up to speed, so that we can just continue where the other guy left off. And then I'm taking, I'm unplugging things all over the house, and it's a big house, and so I'm downstairs. And this time, I leave a phone off the hook, so that when I'm unhooking all these filters, there's a phone off the hook, so I can go back and talk to the lady Mm -hmm. so then i run downstairs after i unplug the last phone to just catch my dad walking out of the room and having hung up the phone no yeah (laughs) that's brutal i just walk in just see the phone off the hook and like are you fucking kidding (laughs) like just staring at this phone i fucking slap it across the room anyway it turns out that it sounded like the internet co- uh, company was trying to pass the buck along to the phone company, but it turns out the phone company was in the wrong because our phone line was like, it's really old and fucked up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the phone company came and sorted it out. Oh, amazing. Isn't that a well, great story? I'm, yeah, I'm glad that your internet <laughs> problems are now solved. I'm saying this because if the first few minutes of our conversation sounds weird, it's because we possibly may have already had it and we're going through the motions. For the, This is for the listeners. Listener now, not for you. Yeah. The bottom line is this. Myrone, Hugh Myrone. Yes. Makes cool music yes. that I dig. Me too. <laughs> and um, I know you have sort of uh, your fingers in a bunch of musical pies. Yeah. So for those people who are fans of your work, I'm going to be primarily focusing on the Myrone aspect of your music. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll chat just a bit about uh, Snaked. Yes, 
the correct pronunciation. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> bonus points. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that just uh, just for a bit here, just if there's some people who want to know about that stuff, and then I'm probably going to be talking mostly about the Myron stuff. So tell me about Snaked. Snaked started as a dare, kind of. My friend DJs and I play guitar, and we play raves basically and it's like crazy club music mixed with kind of like the guitar hero-esque guitar that i'm a fan of so how did that uh, work out then so you're saying your buddy is was already like a dj yeah so depressed teenager the other the other half of snaked sometime i think last march he was playing a show playing one of the these crazy la underground warehouse raves you know he and i knew each other and we had worked together on a couple of things, but I noticed he was DJing, and so I tweeted at him. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna come shred at your rave." And he called me up, and he was like, "Yo, I don't know if you're joking or not, but like, you sh- you should do that. Like, please bring your guitar and like shred at the rave. That would be legendary." I was like, <laughs> uh, "Okay." So I bring a guitar and, and a pod. You know, I get to this rave. And it's like packed. It's like this crazy warehouse. Everybody there is like messed up. And, you know, I'm there. There's no stage. It's just like there's like a big speaker like configuration in the corner. So I'm like, well, okay. So I have my guitar case above my head, like, so I can get through the crowd. And I'm like pushing people and people are looking at me like I'm an alien because I have a guitar. (laughs) The only place for me to stand is on this really janky, like, it's, I guess it was like the box that the speaker came in, but it was like five feet high off the ground and probably like two square feet like across mm-hmm. and like super wobbly. So I'm up there on this like speaker box and I'm like, either I'm going to like fall and break my neck and get trampled or I'm going to play a song and people might like it. And I mean, long story short, like we play Toge Run, which is like the one of the Eurobeat songs from Drift Stage, that video game I do the soundtrack for. Mm-hmm. You know, afterwards, you know, I, I get down off the speaker box or whatever and I'm like in the crowd and people are like, whoa, that was amazing. Like they're like looking at me like I'm some sort of wizard. <laughs> like, how, how did you play guitar at the rave? Like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. So we got a really good reaction from it. And so we were like, well, dang, like we should we should do a project where we like do like guitar and DJ stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been doing that for like about a year and we're kind of in the middle of this thing called snake at Sundays right now where we just put out a new song every Sunday. And that's been like super fun just to like put out like insane music and it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall, like seeing if like it'll catch on or not. But it's one of those things where like I'm super proud of it. Cause it's like so weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care if like one person listens to this like um this is tight well i can definitely tell by listening that you guys are having fun like it's definitely fun music oh yeah i mean i guess you mentioned it before but uh any confusion regarding the name because i know when i read it i thought it was snaked if i had a nickel for every time there's this warehouse party in la called ham on everything it's a party my friends Adam and Romo throw it and if I had a nickel for every time one of those guys they get on the microphone usually before I play like like what's up Los Angeles like 
like we're about to <laughs> we're about to go on a musical journey blah 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 and they like it never fails like they're always like give it up for snaked and i always have to be like yo 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 it's snaked <laughs> the reason why i guess there's confusion is when we when we named the group we're kind of going back and forth on things and i think there's a book in my girlfriend's bookshelf that says the snakehead or something right and so we were like saw that and we we're like snaked yes <laughs> And then totally, and then totally, like didn't realize that the snaked is a word, right? Like I, I just like didn't register for like an embarrassingly long time. And I was like, why does everybody think it's snaked? Like, what is wrong with people? It's clearly snaked. Like everyone's so dumb. That is amazing. It's like you're in some sort of a skit. Definitely like very Spinal Tap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's actually snaked. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like fun, though. I mean, oh yeah, that's like kind of the the whole mode motivation behind the project is just to like have fun and like a lot of the songs come from like us like just trying to make each other laugh with just how ridiculous we can make them yeah they do get they do get pretty big yeah big, <laughs> big is a good word <laughs> we're the biggest band in the world so uh what's the process then does he just send you beats and you shred on top of them or it depends like sometimes i'll start the idea and sometimes he will but basically what happens is is we kind of like 50 50 like make the beat together it's always different but it's a very collaborative process both he and i work in ableton this always happens to me with other ableton users but like just the way that the workflow is i'll sit down for like 20 minutes and like work on some stuff we'll like tag team just kind of go back and forth like 20 minutes after 20 minutes or whatever it is like Mm -hmm. i'll be like oh i have an idea like let me sit down and then i'll drive for a bit and then, then I'll be like, yo, you want to sit down and like do some stuff? Cause like, he's really good with drums. He's also, I think that he is like cooler than me. Like I'm, I'm like a, <laughs> like a cheesy guy at heart, you know, mm-hmm. which is like obvious. Like if you listen to our music and he's like a little bit more cool. So like a lot of times, like I'll start ideas and then like, I'll give it to him and he'll like tweak the sounds. So it like doesn't sound embarrassing anymore. Basically. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it uh, it is. <laughs> Tight. Um, all right. So listen, I want to listen to, uh, we're going to listen to a track and then we're going to go into the Myron zone. Yes. But, uh, my favorite zone. Yeah. People want to check out Snaked. They can, they can do that, man. Our website is snaked.rocks. <laughs> it, is it? Yeah. A hundred percent. What the Serious. fuck is dot rocks? Dot rocks. The hot domain name. Snaked rocks is my website our website snaker rocks can you just like customize domain names now is that a thing i guess you can i mean depressed Chandra like set all that up and he was like our url is snaker.rocks i was like for real he was like yeah I was like, <laughs> you're a genius well we're gonna listen to a track now and this is a my own track mm-hmm. and uh this is uh you know you came up with this sort of ep out of nowhere I remember when someone sent to me, I was like, holy shit, like, this thing's awesome. I remember I talked to Droid Bishop. I think that's before he knew you. Oh, wow. Because he was just like, hey, man, you heard this. Uh, it's like uh, my Roan, my Roni or something. And we're, we didn't know how to say it. That's actually amazing because Droid Bishop is the guy that I listen to. He was like my gateway to the whole like synthwave scene. I found his music somehow and I was like, whoa, this is super dope. Like people like make music like this like <laughs> like i'm gonna try to do it like he like inspired me to make synthwave stuff well how about this let's just listen to the track and then we will continue this thought but this is a uh, victory theme Ooh. by my yes. own yes 
And that was Victory Theme by Myrone. And I'm here with Myrone right now. Woo! There's this period of time where whenever we people would talk about like the synth wave scene and stuff like that, you know, I would hear a lot of generic stuff that didn't have, say, a lot of character or stuff that basically sounded samey, you know, than other music. And so I would always use people like, you know, Perturbator as an example of someone who, when I hear a Perturbator track, it sounds like Perturbator. Yeah. And um, that guy's a legend. And I started to do that with your music. And I remember, I think if you even listen back to the, I think it was the second time Droid Bishop was on where we were, we were talking about your stuff, because it was sort of like once Myron busted on the scene, it was like, okay, He's carving out his own niche here because no one is doing this. And so it made me happy to listen to because you're capturing that sort of that 80s cheesy guitar sound, the stuff that reminds me of things like the Transformers movie and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, we'll listen to some tracks later on that almost sound like super inspired by that. You know, when I hear a My Own track, it's sort of like, yep, that's My Own. You know, like when the guitars come in, it's just that sound that nobody was doing in the synth wave scene. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a cool thing. Thing, man. Well, I appreciate that. So talk to me about uh, Victory Theme. Victory Theme is actually like the first synthwave song that I ever made, basically. Well, that's not true. When I was like 13 or 14 or 15, that's like when I got my first like recording interface. Back then, all I cared about was like, oh, like sick, I have a recording interface. Now I can just like record guitar solos all day. Like, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I, I got one of those and, you know, I was like, huh, well, I can like record guitar solos, but like it kind of came with this, like, it was like line six made the software called like riff tracker and it was this super like bootleg software you could like string riffs together with drum loops and i would like make songs using that uh and then i graduated to like fruity loops but anyways i would make these weird like instrumental guitar tracks and then like fell by the wayside a little bit as i got into like other genres and stuff and victory theme was me being like i wonder if i can still make like weird goofy guitar music but with eight or nine years of experience i've had doing like other stuff and so yeah it just kind of came out that way and my manager at the time was like yo you should just put this on soundcloud it's like amazing like i don't know what to do with it but yeah <laughs> so like that's how it started what other stuff were you doing in the meantime like music wise i've kind of like gone full circle so i went to college for audio production and while i was in college i had a hardcore band and then at the tail end of college, I sort of like started making pop tracks just as like a challenge to myself. Totally one of those like, I bet I could do this because pop music is trash and awful and must be easy. Right. And then I like realized it was actually really hard and I like liked the challenge of it. And so I've had the opportunity to like produce a couple J-pop groups. And then after a couple years of that, like I made Victory Theme and that's like when the Myrone Zone came to full effect basically <laughs> what was your connection to j-pop i mean like how did these situations come about one of my favorite groups ever is this group called perfume and they're produced by this guy named nakata and nakata is like one of my favorite producers ever he has like a really unique sense of melody and harmony like him and vince decola are like i've been listening to those guys like forever vince decola like even longer mm -hmm. i was like whoa Perfume and Nakata are like so sick. I want to try to like do this too. So I guess I like met the right people and had a couple tracks placed over there. 
which has been cool. I've actually never been to Japan though. I've literally just like, I. I do the songs and then they replace the vocals over there, basically. So you're saying you actually, when you produce a track, that you did the whole thing, like even like the yeah. vocal melody and stuff? Okay, so the way it works is if you're like deep in the pop scene, what it bo- basically boils down to, and of course there are gray areas where people do a lot of different stuff, but like there are basically like track people and like what, what they call top liners. And so like track people like make the tracks and then the top line people come up with words and melodies. And usually like what will happen is, is I'll have a session with somebody and they'll come over to my studio and I'll like do a track or whatever and they'll like write a song on top of it. Then like you pitch it to like whoever's in your network and there was this woman who was helping me out and she had a like really good connections in Japan so I like ended up having a bunch of stuff like placed over there basically. But basically what happens is like you do like a full production basically and then when it gets cut with an artist, the artist replaces the vocals with their own vocals and then they like mix it and put the song out. How does that work in terms of credit? Like, are you credited? Yes. So I produced an artist named Hitomi, H-I-T-O-M-I. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but like if I have like the CD like in my shelf and like it says like produced by like my name. <laughs> By Hugh Myron. It just says Hugh Myron on there? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, crap. Did I just out myself? I guess I did. Well, you didn't say your actual name. Yeah, well. Secret. Hugh, Hugh Myron is a code name. I'm actually like a secret government project. Yeah, that makes sense. Making J-pop. There's all these sort of pops I got to keep in my brain. It's uh... Yeah, there's J-pop, K-pop. There's C-pop, which I'm not super familiar with. What is that? And then China. Oh, God. And gotcha. then... Uh, <laughs> Taiwan is starting to like have T-pop is that T-pop I don't know but like basically what happened was everybody is sort of like trying to copy what happened in Korea because what what happened in Korea is like I think like 10 or like a little bit over 10 years ago the government actually like put a bunch of money into the entertainment industry Mm. and that's like why there's been all this like international interest in K-pop in the last year because they like put a bunch of money into it and it got like really competitive with like US and UK and all that sort of music. Um, and of course, like since Psy had like the number one thing was, ever. Wait, you yeah. mean you mean fucking Gangnam Style was government funded? Well, like I don't know if that was or just or just the whole thing that K-pop became so huge that yeah, like well, I don't know if the government funded it or like gave tax breaks or whatever, or they were actually like giving money to labels. But like that's basically what happened, right? And so I know Taiwan is starting to do the same thing. Oh man, there's a great Taiwanese artist that I saw recently. She had like a really dope video, but I forget what it was. Anyways, as a aside, I actually, one time I actually engineered Psy, like in a very, very, very random way. <laughs> I met him for like two hours and helped him record like a verse. And he was like really nice. And he was wearing the tuxedo. <laughs> My own Psy connection. That's awesome. Well, uh, let's listen to another song. And then we'll continue the Myron story. It's uh, it's very interesting. This is exclusive coop by Myron.
And that was Exclusive Coop by Myrone, Hugh Myrone. And I'm talking to Myrone right now. Yes, confirmed. Who's just said he met Sai for two hours and engineered. I got to say, this is the track, uh, Exclusive Coop, where the end totally reminds me of something out of Transformers. Yeah. I love that that animated film. That that last like that little like fucking fifteen second that. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> definitely like a Vince. I probably like jacked that from Vince Nicola somehow. <laughs> I'm surprised that guy hasn't sued me yet. <laughs> Please don't sue me, Vince Nicola. I love you. Well, he'd have to know your name to do that. Oh yes, true. Hmm. So I don't know if you can just write Hugh Myrone on an envelope and throw it to the wind and see if it ends up at your house. I've actually, like, thought about... He's been working with this guy, Kenny Meredith, I think, like, on a bunch of... I think he did, like, the Angry Birds, like, Transformers, like, iPhone game or something. Mm. I would love to, like, be their assistant or something. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you've got these sort of connections that have fallen over the place. And how did that work? I mean, was that stuff that you got in uh, music school or whatever? I mean, like, where did all this stuff come from? It's just like anything else. Like, when I was in school in New York, I had, like several classmates of mine who are like of varying degrees of success in the music industry and the program that I was in is 23 people per class so we we all knew each other and like we all went to each other's shows and we were all friends we all made songs together and stuff and so we all kind of helped each other out and are you familiar with uh, who Phoebe Ryan is? I forget what label she signed to but anyway she's a classmate and I think her big song is called Mine and she had a cover of uh, R. Kelly that did really well but she was a classmate and she ended up introducing me to the person who signed my like publishing deal or whatever then through the publishing deal that's kind of got how i got like all the uh like the japanese stuff so what is it exactly that you had at the time that you presented to the they're not going to sign you if you don't have stuff to show them right so like well what, what happened was is there was an uh, another producer that was signed to this publishing company and phoebe introduced us it's this guy named grant grant michaels one of the most solid dudes on the planet she was like you should meet my friend grant and like work on some stuff and we did and one of the songs that we did and got placed in japan so the publishing company was like who's this new kid and so they ended up signing me or whatever and then it all kind of like went from there did any of your other classmates go on to do cool things oh yeah one of my classmates his artist name is arca but he co-produced the last bjork album and went on tour with her he like produced a couple tracks on yeezus by kanye west he's super talented one of the craziest like sound design people that like i know i'm just curious then so you said you did your musical education in new york but you're based in like la now so i moved to la three years ago okay so you are originally like a new york person no i'm from houston originally Ah. went to school in new york now i live in la so how are you uh finding the the change new york and la are both great but i'm kind of one of those people where like i always tell people i would live in a cardboard box if like i was allowed to like make music i could live anywhere Mm. basically but like la's not bad the weather's great and go to the beach it's nice i guess yeah if you're gonna live in a box it's probably better to do it in la right because yeah that's that's fair you should go live in a box yeah (laughs) that's sounds like a plan Hey, when you go to Venice Beach, is there, like, ladies running around in, like, thongs and stuff? Yeah, probably. Are you not a beach bum? This is bad, because I live here, but, like, I go, like, twice a year. Yeah. 
Well, if I was there, I probably wouldn't go at all. So there's that. I take it for granted all the time because it's like, oh, it's right there. I can go whenever. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like feel like compelled. But when you go there, you're like, oh, this is the beach that you all see on like TV, basically. Why did you go to L.A.? Did they tell you to? There are two reasons, uh, one of which, like, I noticed that a lot of people in New York were moving to L.A., and the New York network was kind of, like, getting smaller and smaller. All my friends who live in New York still, like, every time I go back and visit, they live farther and farther away from the city in smaller and smaller apartments. Right. So there was that. And then my girlfriend, who is an actress, moved to... LA as well. Actress, eh? That's exciting. Yes. Do you have to help her run lines? I do. But I'm like, you know, I used to hate it and now I got kind of into it. But like, I'm still like such a like cantankerous baby about it sometimes. <laughs> And I really shouldn't be. But yeah, like I help her like film her all, all our auditions and stuff when I can. It's nice to have a have a partner, you know? Yeah. How about this, man? We're gonna listen to another song. Yes. And this one is my favorite. Yes. Uh, maybe I should have saved it for the end. I don't know, it's weird to play. <laughs> I mean, they're all good, but this was the song that stood out the most to me anyways. This is the Pump Master. Oh, sick. I love this one. So anyways, this is, uh, we're gonna listen to it now. This is the Pump Master by Myrone.
and that was The Pump Master by Myrone. And that song is awesome. What is that voice sample that's at the beginning of the track? I haven't listened to it in a while, but is that the one where, where the guy is like, I'll meet you down in the lobby yes, in yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes? <laughs> it's this it's this video of this bodybuilder that my buddy who used to run this blog, he like posted it on his website and it's literally this guy calling up this other bodybuilder, Jay Cutler, and he's like he's like, Are you ready to do the Terminator workout? Like <laughs> Yeah, that song's about bodybuilders. So, like, the metallic noises that are in there, those are, like, weights, like, smashing on the ground that I, like, sampled. And just wanted to do, like, a really, like, buff song, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, it's totally awesome. Like, that that song is amazing. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Before, when you were doing, like, pop stuff, was that just the, uh, the J-pop stuff? Or did you actually ever produce, like, pop for yourself? Oh, I have, like, hundreds. What do you do? Like, with like, what are they, like, did you release any of them? No, they're just sitting around, like, waiting to be used, basically. But, um, yeah, like, I have, I have a lot of pop tracks that I've made with, like, different writers that have all, like, been pitched to people and, like, didn't go through. Like, that's actually, like, kind of amazing. The world of pop music is so interesting in that regard. You know, the idea that when I think, you know, if I was ever an artist making music, that idea that you would just accept, like, someone just shows up and here's here's a song and then you just sort of take it instead of, you know, just writing your own stuff. It's such a weird and interesting thing. When I was a kid, I was kind of like, that's whack. Like, people should write their own songs. But life is like Madden, right? Everybody gets a certain number of, like, XP points that they, like, allot to, like, different <laughs> skills. Yeah, some people have, like, insane performance skills but maybe like not very good writing skills and vice versa yeah to be clear like i'm not slighting it it just to me it's weird there's some performers that just have those you know one in a million type voices where Mm -hmm. like when they sing and perform a song like it takes on a life of its own like one of the things that's really interesting is there's uh the demo for rude boy by rihanna is like floating on the internet and that was written by Esther Dean, who's like a really talented, amazing writer who, who's done a whole lot. And if you like listen to her demo, this is not knocking her, you know, she's not like a, she's not Rihanna, you mm-hmm. know? When you hear the demo, you're like, okay, like that's a good song. Like I can see why someone would be like, oh, that's a good song. But then you listen to the Rihanna version, and you're like, whoa, Rihanna's voice is like, there's something like weirdly captivating about it. And right, it's like right. kind of unexplainable, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's like why that type of stuff happens. It's like movie magic. It's that same thing. You know, sometimes just the right combination of people come together and they just make a magical thing that you can't really explain and it can't be duplicated. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just watching Ghostbusters 2 the other day. It's just proof that the exact same team can come together and that still doesn't guarantee you're going to have like a great movie. Movies especially because there's so many steps and so many people are working on a film. Oh yeah. That like at any point it can go horribly wrong. Yes. Pop music in 2016 is like weirdly singular in the sense that my favorite example of late is is Fetty Wap. Are you familiar with him? He did that song Trap Queen. Depressed Teenager actually. He sent me that song in August of 2014 basically right after he like uploaded it to soundcloud or whatever mm-hmm. and he was like yo check out this song and the video 
This guy's voice is like weirdly amazing. I'm like really into the song. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And I like emailed it to like a couple people I knew who like in the industry, like, yo, like, let me get in with this guy. Like, let me try to make some stuff with them. Cause like nobody was really, it hadn't like, I think the video had like, 200,000 plays on it or something. Right. I sent it to some people and like a couple people passed on it the next spring or whatever. (laughs) My buddy Dave was like, yo, you were right about this. Like, it's crazy. I don't know the specifics of how that song came together, but it literally just sounds like he sang it and then some guy made the beat. Yes. And that's two people who like made that entire production. And and of course there are other songs where they're like two or three producers and seven or eight writers, but like still like pop music is in this day and age. Like it's actually like kind of amazing that like someone can really make something in a bedroom and like, it'll be a number one hit. Like, and that's like crazy. Yeah. I guess you have a point too, because I sort of still have like an archaic way of looking at the music industry where I still see the image of like the giant room with all the reel to reel and all the machines and like eight engineers or whatever working their way when I guess you're right. I mean, like now, I mean, I know those things still exist, but not really though. Cause people are always like, Oh, like the, the classic thing I always see is like, Oh, like this is a song that was made by a bunch of suits in a boardroom. And the reality is, is like, it wasn't a bunch of suits. This is something that, that I've seen happen a number of times. Let's say, for example, I'd make a demo and I write a song with another writer and we send it to like an A&R somewhere and they're like, this is really great, but I really only like the chorus. And so they'll send it to like someone else and like someone else will like write the verses or something. Mm-hmm. I have a buddy who's like kind of insane with this. Like he's a really good like song Frankensteiner. He'll get like the chorus from like one group of people. So it's not like everybody's in, in one room wearing a suit and tie, like constructing the song. Right. I mean, pop music's all like pretty similar. So like sometimes you can kind of like stitch together like two or three different songs and make like a super song basically. Mm-hmm. Like, cause a lot of times, another thing that, that happens a lot is a lot of the track guys will just make beats and then like if they're famous enough they'll just like send out the beats to like different writers there, there are a couple of writers that just like work from home and can like sing and engineer themselves you know you'll send your beat out to like three or four writers and get three or four different songs back and then you can be like oh i like the, the hook from that one the verse from this one the bridge from you know and just like right go crazy yeah 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 listen let's listen to another song and then we're gonna keep talking and this is a track called 61 yes by my own.
And that was 61 by Myrone. And I am talking to Myrone right now. Lots of interesting stuff. This song's fun. It kind of has... I think I'm forgetting the damn title of the song, but you know that song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World? Oh, yeah. It's kind of got the tempo of that track a bit. Yeah. Like, it, that, was a, that, was, that was like an influence on that song, for sure. That's another fun one. I mean, the great yeah. thing about your uh, the EP was just uh, it was all uh, fun music to listen to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like fun stuff. There is such thing as like cheesy awesome because when I use the word cheesy I don't use that in a negative context yeah of course when I listen to your stuff it's cheesy but it's awesome you know what I mean like it makes me happy to listen to it's energizing uh, I can picture really fun images and like some sort of video and stuff with this music playing well that's great because that's like basically why I make it mm. the first one I did my career was kind of like a, a little everyone's career in music you'll have troughs and valleys or whatever like there are times when it's great and times when it, you're like what am i doing like nothing's happening yeah, yeah and so i was like i was sat down i was like you know what i'm gonna make a song that puts a smile on my face in some way mm-hmm. and that's like usually the approach i have like every time i sit down to do my own song and i'm glad that that is translating to at least like one person you know <laughs> speaking about playing here i know um I remember I saw this interview with you, I think it was GameSpot or something, where you were wearing a mask. Oh, God. And then I saw another video where you weren't wearing a mask. You were playing something called NAM 2016. Oh, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. what is that? So NAM is the uh, the National Association of Music Merchants. It's basically like a big guitar trade show. And like all of the music stores go there to like put their orders in for like it's like it's like when all the companies put out their new stuff and then everybody comes and it's like oh I want this this and this for my store, but usually like it's Nam always has like the who's who of like grizzled old metal bros like walking around <laughs> like Michelangelo Badio is always there like with a friggin' double neck being a goober or whatever. So I'm sponsored by a company called Vigier. They're a French guitar company and they're like literally amazing. All my other guitars, there's something like wrong with them in like a very slight way where I'm like, if I take it to a gig, I'm like, ooh, well, I gotta be careful of this. My VGA is like, I have no worries with it. Right. It actually like blows my mind every time I play with it because I barely have to even tune the thing. And I had like one gig where like I was playing, it was like one of those raves and I was playing in the audience and like some guy I think had a little bit too much to drink and he like spilled his beer on me and like tried to fight me in the middle of the show. Awesome. I kind of got into a little scruff. But uh, it was like in tune after that, and like somebody in the crowd like came up. Someone, someone in the crowd came up to me afterwards and was like, "How is your guitar in tune?" That like doesn't make any sense. I was like, "It's just this company, like they like design them properly or whatever." But yeah, so they were gracious enough to let me play their instruments. So I returned the favor by coming to Nam and like playing a few songs in the booth and having fun and all that good stuff. We should probably talk about the mask. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then the decision to not wear the mask. So there's this one interview where you were sort of masked, and I was making the comment of how a lot of like synth 
waivers like to hide their faces and stuff? Well, initially I wore the mask because I wanted to make sure that like I kept all of my own stuff separate from like pop stuff. That way when people like Google me, like, you know, and I'm pitching myself for pop sessions or whatever, they don't Google me and see a bunch of wild like guitar music and be like, what? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> like Ghost, for example, that dude like has that crazy skull mask or whatever. Mm. I like wear like a little dinky surgeon mask and like I get so unbearably hot in it. Like I can't breathe. And then I think my number one strength as a guitar player is that I make really excellent guitar faces. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I felt like I just needed to take the mask off and, like, let it rip, basically. The world needed to see it. Yeah, the world needs to see my face. <laughs> it's time to become an international sex symbol. Well, that's good, man. That's a good goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we've uh, we've gone this far. We should talk about Drift Stage, man. Yes. So uh, tell me what Drift Stage is. Drift Stage is a arcade racing game that I'm fortunate enough to do the soundtrack for. It's kind of like an 80s slash 90s, bright colors, fast action type racing game that I do with... They are now two friends of mine, but they are initially they were complete internet strangers. And yeah, we've been working on it the past like year and a half, almost two years at this point but it's been super fun it's like my first video game that i've ever scored it's crazy the amount of attention that it's gotten and it's actually made me want to kind of like it's i'm sort of in this weird transition now where i'm like trying to get out of the pop world a little bit and get more into film and tv and game scoring right i feel like i might be a little bit better to like soundtrack type right. stuff than like pop stuff so yeah i've been just trying to do that and drift stage has been like a really great way to like learn that type of stuff the way it came together was i guess in like fall of 2014 i was on tumblr and i kept seeing like this gif of this really cool like it's like a pixel art on 3d object car i kept seeing this gif and i was like who made this so I found Charles, the artist. He had posted it a bunch of times, and he said, oh, from upcoming game Drift Stage. So I found him on Twitter, and I was like, yo, who's doing the music for this? And I had, thankfully, I had a couple of my own songs out. And so I sent him to him, and he was like, oh, uh, we've been doing the, the game for, like, a week. But yeah, you can do the soundtrack, whatever. Like, I was like, cool, no pressure. Like, I'll, like, come up with something or whatever. So a couple of days later, they put up this video of the car, the track, and, like, a background. And they put exclusive coop in it. They just put it on YouTube. And then the next day, it was literally on, like, Kotaku, like, all, like, the video game blogs. Yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, crap. Like... There was a successful Kickstarter, right? Yeah, but that happened, like, after the, like, initial... Kind of in hindsight, we got a lot of press, like, a little bit way, like, way too early. Right. And so we were like, oh, well, I guess we should make this game and, like, we should do a Kickstarter <laughs> for it. So we did a Kickstarter and we ended up, like, doubling our goal. And we were like, oh, crap. All right. We, like really have to make this now it does have that cool look to it but you got you know like the power of my man i believe uh the my had a hand in that uh, i mean maybe like if you have like my in a vacuum basically you're kind of like what is this weird like perverted guitar music <laughs> but with like the drift stage art it like makes sense within that universe and i think it kind of makes 
my music a little bit more appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, that coupled with the fact that, like, Chase, the programmer, is, like, a friggin' super genius, and he, like, managed to make a super-duper fun game. Because there's so many, like, indie games with, like, super tight art, but they, like, just aren't that fun. Mm -hmm. And he, like, it's, like, crazy. He, like, custom-made this, like, physics engine, and it's, like, amazing. And so, like, I'm just, like, fortunate to, like, A, like, know both of these like geniuses and B like we're making like a super tight project that the three of us are like collectively proud of and like the best type of creative project to work on basically well let's listen to the uh, the drift stage theme yes and then we'll uh, and then we can talk a bit more about it so this is uh, drift stage I guess it's called the main theme right is that what you call it yeah pretty right. much drift stage main theme <laughs> by my own
And that was the Drift Stage main theme by Myrone for the game Drift Stage. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about... I've thought a lot about this when it comes to indie games. And there's got to be a way to word this where I don't end up sounding like an asshole. But like, I think there's some people who, you know, they want to get into game design or whatever. But there's not always like the passion behind it. And sometimes I feel like with indie games, since there's so many of them, a lot of them are always sort of based on like a quirky concept. You know, it's just like, hey, in this game, you know, you play as a cloud and you rain on a city or something. You know, like they always have these weird things. That actually sounds kind of tight. Yeah. <laughs> like very relaxing game. Yeah. But that's the way I find there seems to be this trend. And so every so often there are these sort of indie games that stand out where it's just like, okay, no, they, you know, there's some gameplay here to back it up and it's a fun concept and you feel like the people actually care that are sort of putting it together, you know? Yeah. At, at Drift Stage, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kidding no but i think that was the thing like when i saw it and definitely what you were saying before like these images coupled with the my own music it makes it sort of like a special thing and it sort of did make it stand out so like it was cool that it reached the goal and where is it along right now i think the physics are i don't want to put like an exact estimate on it because like there's probably some kickstarter backer that's listening right now but we've got the physics like pretty polished we're pretty happy with them and we're starting to like make new courses we kind of got delayed a bit because the program that chase makes the game in something called unity it like changed versions or whatever right i think it went from four to five and please don't quote me on this because i'm i like have zero idea about this at all Mm. that this switch from unity four like affected like a bunch of stuff Uh, and I like had to do like a ground up rebuild a little bit, oh, which is sucks. actually we were going to do that anyways because the the demo that we put out on the internet is like pretty hacked together. So we kind of had to like rebuild it, but it, I, we're back on track now and things are getting done. Awesome! When that game comes out, uh, maybe we should do like another episode and get the rest of the team out. Oh heck yeah! On the show and then talk about it like the the technical stuff. I like having people who make games on because it's a uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, both those guys are, like, super geniuses, and, like, I'm a fortunate guy to be working with those two people. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. So what's uh, coming up, man? You got stuff coming up. What's the last thing you did with my own? You did the New York pizza, right? No, I put out a track called No Hard Feelings. I think that's the most recent one. Okay. Either that one or Lightning Rod. So, after it's kind of Snake It Sundays, I'm gonna start putting out... <laughs> we're gonna do My Own Mondays, I think. <laughs> and I have, like, a solid backlog of tracks. One of them is like a year and a half old at this point in my opinion, of course. Yeah, I think it's like a super banger. And there are like a couple of those and I'm just like really pumped to like release them and share them. Is it hard for you to do that? I was having this conversation about how I get really frustrated. Like if I have something that I've made creatively, like a video or something, mm-hmm. I just can't hold on to it. Like when I when I know that it's finished, I have to just, it has to get out there and people have to see it and I need that sort of that feedback to give me sort of like the energy like that's yeah. my way and then I talk to artists like uh, Ogre and stuff who I know personally has sent me albums years before they've come out mm-hmm. and I always wonder just like how the fuck do you do that like just have a thing that you know is cool and will bring you that sort of satisfaction is just once other people get to listen and go like hey man this fucking rocks so how do you feel about holding back material well I guess I'm somewhere in the middle I think working in like pop type stuff is giving me like a really big sense of patience because I would say like 
maybe 95 of the things that I've done in like pop music have like never seen the light of day like ever mm-hmm. so like I'm sitting on a lot of stuff but I also know that not all of it is good and I personally am usually the worst judge of what will be quote unquote successful so I've learned to sort of hold on to things sort of the whole reason for like snake Sundays and then eventually my own Mondays is we were like sitting on so much stuff with snake it we've been trying to like be super music industry about it and like pitch it to people but it's such an off-the-wall project that we kind of realized that well I, I say i can't wait for people to like catch up or whatever right so we were just like whatever like we're just gonna put it out and if it goes it goes figure it out later yeah 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 i always forget with the my own stuff that like my favorite my own tracks like are not out the stuff that i'm most proud of is not released why is that a lot of it's for a drift stage and like we haven't really like put out a lot of the drift stage stuff but I think at this point it's time to like let it rip and like let people listen to it and I can always make more so it's like why not did that answer your question I've kind of like lost my own train of thought (laughs) yeah man um what was I gonna say now I've lost my train of thought (laughs) no man (laughs) well how about this let's uh let's listen to another track here so this was uh, from the little thing you released called New York Pizza, yes. which which has an amazing cover and a a video uh, on YouTube you can watch of uh, that Charles made. Uh, <laughs> we love weird eighties, like nineties, like cyberpunk anime type stuff, and so he was like, "You should do a track like that." So I did, and I guess like the file name that I came up with it was like New York Pizza, and then he just like send me that like movie poster and like the video <laughs> like i was like you're crazy but okay well let's listen to it man this is a fun one so this track is sort of a funky track i could picture ghostbusters catching ghosts to this one. Oh yeah that's <laughs> that's what it conjures in my mind uh this is a new york pizza by my
And that was New York Pizza by Myrone. And I'm speaking to Myrone right now, man. I mean, we can probably sort of wind this down. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Do you have any, like, burning questions? Hmm. What would be a burning question? What's the square footage of your apartment? Not actually sure. I think it's around, <laughs> like, a thousand. What is the... Is L.A. must be expensive to live in? I mean, I think it's more expensive than, like, most cities, but it's cheaper than New York. Right. And it's not as expensive as San Francisco. San Francisco is outrageous. Canada almost has like the same parallels. Like all of our cities that are like geographically just north of the states. So like San Francisco, we have Vancouver. Right. And even like the culture in those cities is like similar. You know, super liberal city and all this stuff. And then it's the same Mm -hmm. sort of deal, which is interesting. And I think the housing prices, I think, match the same thing. Because in Vancouver, it's like super expensive and there's a lot of like new developments and stuff. And Is Vancouver like a big tech city it used to be where a lot of the movies were filmed in canada i think they do still shoot quite a bit of stuff and oh they do i don't know if it's vancouver or toronto okay toronto is catching up in like a huge way so like it used to be just vancouver was where the majority of it happened and i i never knew fully why until it was such a simple explanation when someone explained it to me because uh geographically vancouver is on the same time zone as la and it was as simple as that so that when they would make calls back and forth to la they be on the same time zone yeah exactly but uh toronto they built studios i'm gonna say in the past like five years it's really increased and so they shoot a lot of big budget movies here i've got a whole bunch of friends who who work in the industry in different sort of capacities and there's always stuff going on uh, tv shows and movies and things and that's cool and it's cool i think they're shooting the it remake like down the road from me oh that's amazing (laughs) so maybe i'll see the clown i don't know terrifying and our dollar is weak and when the canadian dollar is weak that means we get more American business. Yep. And that's the way it works. So we have to... That's just how it goes. So we've got this stupid country pride where, like, we're, we're more successful when our dollar is low. And so it's sort of like we want to have a weak dollar. And it's a weird place to be. But I'm not really a business guy, so uh, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Or political. Yeah, same. But... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, no, man, I think we're good, dude. I think we covered uh, we covered the history of Myrone. Uh, if you just want to uh, pull out your wallet and just tell me what the name says on your driver's license, and then we'll uh, conclude with that. Well, the brand of my wallet is Timo Island. So if you like pulled out your driver's license identification or something like that, like what is the what's the name on there? Uh, it's. Uh... <laughs> Did you get that? I think I might have, uh, like, broken up oh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were a bee. <sighs> I'm from the insect planet. <laughs> I'm actually an alien. Like, men in black. <laughs> what, are you just, like, a big, like, squid thing that's, like, packed into a human suit? Oh, the cockroach guy. Oh. Men in black is loosely based on my life story. <laughs> Oh, I watched the trilogy the other day for some reason. What happens in the third one? I don't remember the third one. He goes back in time. Oh, I remember the third one. And actually, uh, Josh Brolin does like a really good impression of uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> this is a stupid way to end this. <laughs> Men in Black. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Men in Black is actually the the more impressive bass lines I can actually play because it's like it's that uh, that Forget Me Not song. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Thirsty Defenders. <laughs> rare, rare in studio performance. <laughs> was that that French guitar? Uh, no, that was my bass. Uh oh. Sorry. Are they going to get upset with you now? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm a guitar player, not a bassist. Oh, there you go. Uh, listen, man, it was fun talking. Fun talking to you too. Is there uh, is there a track uh, that you want to uh, that we haven't talked about that you uh, want me to play? Because I'll play that one on our way out. I don't know. Andy's choice. Are my emotions real? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll play that. So listen, dude, it was fun to uh, talk to you, and it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And uh, come back with the Drift Stage team when uh, the oh, game yeah. is finished, because I think people want to hear about that. We actually haven't been in the same room yet. I have met both of the guys, but we've never simultaneously hung out. I mean, that's such a common thing with this scene, right? It's just so international, and everybody's all over the place. I mean... And it's made on a computer, so... When I consider all the people I've met through the show, and, like, how many I've actually, what, in person met, like, two, you know, like, it's, it's you know... And it's exciting, because I think I'm actually going to hang out with Droid Bishop, but this interview is going to come out way later, so... Nice. Yeah, but, uh... You have a lovely day, a lovely L.A. day. It's going to be nice and warm there. In fact, it's actually really warm here, so I don't even know. This is those rare occasions where Canada is fucking just as hot as it is down there. So Amazing. It's like fucking 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. That's Canadian. It's very hot. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's the point. Well, shout out to Canada. Shout out to the Trailer Park Boys. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, we're going to go. It was good talking to you, and I'm going to play another my own track this is ex oh no i was about to say this is exclusive coop <laughs> i'll just play it again uh this yeah. is uh, are my emotions real by my own and my own you have a lovely day you too peace guys
that was my Roan. I hope you guys enjoyed the show because I enjoyed making it and I enjoyed chatting to my Roan. It was a lot of fun. Okay, guys. Well, that's the end of this week's episode of Beyond Synth. Thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you next week on Beyond Synth. <laughs>